0: In a really nerdy way, it's really interesting from a health behavior perspective. So, what does it do to people who they have this routine or they have these habits to go to the gym every day at a certain time, and then all of a sudden that's taken away from them?
1: Welcome to CQ University Commentary, the podcast bringing you our experts to explore and dissect issues that affect you, your family, and your community. Subscribe now so you don’t miss an episode and join the conversation on CQ University social media. This episode was recorded during the global coronavirus outbreak. As a result, Sikh University has dedicated the first season of this podcast to focus on conversations about the issues from COVID-19 that you may not have considered but are still changing the world we live in today. In following social distancing advice from the government, our interviewers and experts conducted these conversations remotely so you may experience a lower quality of audio recording. Visit the Seeker University website for more information on our response to COVID-19 and advice for students and staff.
2: Gyms have taken a huge hit during COVID-19 closures. Many have simply stopped operating, while others have adapted to the current environment through online sessions. With restrictions beginning to ease across the country and gyms allowed to reopen to some extent in the next few weeks or months, I'm wondering how gyms will look in the new normal. Today, I'm joined by CQ University's Director of Motivation of Health Behaviours Lab, Dr Amanda Rabar. Welcome to Seeker Uni commentary, Amanda. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. In chilly Rocky. <laughs> I know. I'm freezing. <laughs> um, Amanda, firstly, how hard has COVID nineteen pandemic been on gyms and fitness centres across
0: the country? Oh, it's it's like most indus- industries. It's been completely devastating for them. They've had to. Most of them have had to close their doors, and. <sighs> It's really hard to see because businesses are going through their own timeframes and their own trajectories. So you have some gyms that have just opened up. There's a brand new one in Yafoon that just had to close before they even opened their doors. And you've had other gyms that have been going for years and years that are getting disrupted. And that comes with its own challenges and trying to maintain your membership throughout that. Um so yeah and, but um I did have I did chat with a gym owner locally and he mentioned that it actually he's using it as a time to renovate so he has a 24/7 gym and decided you know what if I'm down I might as well make the best of it and use this to make it better and and renov- do things I wanted to do for a while but couldn't bring myself to close the gym and and not make that available for the for their members So, I mean, some people are handling it in a different way than others.
2: Yeah, um, it must be really tough on them. I mean, some have responded in a different way, I guess. You know, some have closed and some have actually gone to online sessions and other different things. How have you found that?
0: I mean, I'm a behavior change scientist. (laughs) So in a really nerdy way, it's really interesting from a health behavior perspective. So what does it do to people who they have this routine or they have these habits to go to the gym every day at a certain time and then all of a sudden that's taken away from them. Um, So gyms have the hard, the hard task of trying to pivot in a way that's relevant for their membership. So a lot of people, you know, I have two small kids at home. Like a gym is like an exotic holiday because I don't have someone going, mommy, mommy. Um, and if I do, I don't have to answer, which is great. <laughs> but, but so I go for a, a release of regular life and other people go for different reasons, you know, to train for events or, um, to get fit or to reach certain goals. And those people, depending on why they're there are going to want different things out of the gym. Um, than people, then the gyms can provide maybe in this type of environment. So the online, um, the online sessions that people have been doing and the personal training via virtual or phone may work for people if their goal is to maintain exercise or feel fit. But, you know, for me who just wanted to leave my house, it doesn't work because I, you try to use dumbbells downstairs and it's not a good combination with four-year-old and a one-year-old. I, learned that that was going to be a trip to the hospital rather than a stress-free event. So (laughs) it doesn't work for me. So I think you can't underestimate the fact that people don't all exercise for the same reason. And if you're going to change what you provide, it needs to be able to uh, be relevant for all the reasons people go to the gym.
2: Okay. So with many gyms going this sort
0: of online route, has it been an easy process for them? It's hard to tell. And like I was kind of chatting about, it's, it depends on what you want out of it. And there's so much, it's such a different competitive environment. You know, there's people and businesses that have been doing online sessions and online training long before the gyms have had to close their door for COVID. So you're having to catch up to a quite a broad um, a, a competition. And so they're all of a sudden having to compete with businesses that they didn't have to before. So it's much harder for local gyms to make that jump as opposed to bigger corporations who may have already been integrating into that system anyway. Um, as far as how patrons go, it's really hard to tell. Um, in general, it seems like people are doing a decent job shifting it from going into the gym to being ex- out um, active in other ways. But many people are way less active than they were before and some people find themselves more active because it's their only way to get out of the house. So it it just points to the how idiosyncratic and how individual the process is and the relationship between gyms and their patrons are. It's not a one-size-fit-all model.
2: What do you think people have been doing outside the gym? Do you think they've been using parks and things or using, you know, dumbbells downstairs and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: yeah, I I'm imagining everyone's trying different things. And that's really interesting. I do a lot on habit development and formation. And when you disrupt what you're used to, um it becomes a lot more I say, I say effortful, not in a physical way, like not like it's actually harder exercise. But you have to make every decision and you when you wouldn't usually through your day to day life. So if you usually go to the gym and it's kind of like automatic for you because you just do the same thing every time and then all of a sudden you start a new gym or you start a new routine where you're doing stuff outside or in your house. All of a sudden you have to make all these tiny little decisions that add up and can get really frustrating. Okay, so where are you going to do it? What happens when the ceiling fan turns on? Make sure your fingers aren't too high um hypothetically of course that would never (laughs) (laughs) that was not my circumstance um you know and and how far are you going to go outside make sure what time are you going to go so that there's decent weather and it's not too sunny and and those decisions even though they seem really small when they add up can feel really exhausting and can be um really cumbersome when it comes to trying to do that over and over again because then you're going to go oh my gosh it was so hard to figure out all that stuff out yesterday it's not worth it today i don't have the Cognitive energy. It's just, and that always stuck out to me when I started a new gym. And you're like, "Where's the, you know, where's the workout place? And what should I do next? And what does that machine do? And those decisions are really, are really a risky time for making sure you exercise in the long term because they really put people off. So you want to do something that you're really comfortable with, um, and that you feel is working for you. The the worst thing you can do as a person who wants to continue to exercise is try to force yourself to do it even though it's not working. Like if it's stressing you out, the if you're getting that like dreading feeling like, ugh, I just can't bring myself to do it, then don't do it. Like do something else for heaven's sake. You're Mm -hmm. even if you force yourself to do it for a while, eventually your priorities are going to shift and you're going to not do it anymore. So I'd much prefer someone finds something that works and spends some while trying different things as opposed to forcing themselves into it. So my long answer to that was, I think it's interesting to see what people will do and what will work and what won't.
1: Enjoying this episode? Subscribe to Seek University commentary on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for more. And remember to rate, review, and share.
2: I guess people are reaping the benefits financially for not having gyms open.
0: <laughs> well, if we, it depends, you know, um, most, I haven't heard of very many gyms who have given their money back to members. Okay. A lot of people mm-hmm. are in contracts. Yep. Um, so it could be if it's local gyms or gyms that people feel connected to, they're paying their membership fees regardless. regardless. And it could be contractually they have to. Okay. So you know, it's even before COVID, a lot of gym business models rely on the fact that 60% of people will sign up and then stop going within three months. Gyms would be in a hard place if everyone that had a membership showed up every day. So they rely on people to not effectively be able to go to the gym. And and it's a risky model. Um, but in times like this, when no one can go, but you're still signed up to pay, you know, they might not be hurting as bad as other places.
2: Okay. So when when gyms actually go back um, operating as normal, do you think they're going to retain their old clients, or do you think people um, will
0: start to like their new normal? See, and again, this goes back to my nerdy interest in, in habits and how they form. So it might be that if people find a, a new system and a new routine that they like and works better for them than gyms, then they might not go back. And so there is a risk that. Whenever people start trying something other than using your business, um, there's a risk that you're going to lose them. So if people have shifted to doing different online programs or um, we're doing stuff outside that isn't reliant on a gym. Um, and sometimes groups have gotten together either virtually or in socially distanced places and say, hey, let's just. Do this together. We all know what we're doing and we don't need machines. So it might be that gyms find that they lose some clientele because of this. And also people are in financially desperate places and may realize that gym memberships are not one of their priorities anymore. Um, so yeah, there's a massive risk and a massive risk that if they come back and they're not as competitive as some of the others, they did not pivot in the same way as some of the gyms then there's a risk that the competition playing field is going to shift too. Mm. So
2: how do you think that gyms and fitness centres can learn from this whole experience? You know, is there value in online sessions moving on? Can they sort of
0: really build on that? Or what do you think? Yeah, I think if I were a gym member, I mean a gym owner, um, what I would want to reflect on is, what are people getting from my service? What is it that they're getting? It's not sitting at a machine and it's not that you have the most variety. It's that they're getting some some sort of reward or satisfaction out of it. It could be, like I said, that they're achieving a goal or it could be that they're relieving stress or you know, it could be that they're connecting with other people when they don't usually do in their day-to-day life. So I think what I would like, gyms to learn and, and to reflect on in this time is how can you best serve the different needs of your clientele and how can you capture the different audiences that you have um, that aren't just there to get fit. A lot of the gyms sell this idea that, you know, pain is is weakness leaving the body or six pounds in six days, or you know, that it's really focused on physical appearance or strength. Um, and most people as in the research we've done most people that's not why they exercise um and that's not a reliable outcome when you go and you don't lose weight or you're not re- reaching those goals that you have it's really disheartening and it can stop you towards a healthy lifestyle um so i'd really love to see gyms pivot in a way that it expands beyond the fitness push um, but if they do that, then they might get people to show up more than three months out of the year, in which case their business model goes out the window. So mm. <laughs> depends on what the motivation there is. I think yep. it's a pretty easy sell if you want to take money and then no one has to do anything. That, that's, a, mm. that's a nice business model. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: I mean, those gyms that do pivot and you can utilize online um, sessions as well as having a traditional um, gym, it, how do you think they're going to compete? Because in that in that sector, because there's
0: a lot that's online. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? It and it's an integration that doing the blending. Um, you know that CQU does so well between the virtual and in in uh, in face to face classroom. It's a hard model because you have to be good at two very different ways of interacting and and connecting with people. Um, so. It's, it's and you gotta and you gotta decide if it's worth the cost to get the benefit. So is it worth putting all the resources into having those online classes? And does that take away from what you're doing in the actual gym? Um, so it's it's uh, it's anyone's bet. I don't know and. And it'll be interesting to see, A, how the gyms, what decisions they make as businesses, but also what the reaction is from the clientele and what people want out of gyms. Will it be different? Will they demand um, different things than they have before?
2: I suppose just summing up now, I mean, in your opinion, what's the best way
0: forward for gyms from this point uh, the best way forward. Hang in there. That's just what I say to everyone now. But <laughs> um, yeah, the best way forward is to is to reflect on on your business model and on where your clientele are too. You can't assume that people will um, come out of this with the same mentality that they did the day they left your gym for the last time before it closed. People are changing as as a result of this and their priorities will shift as well. And so I think it's a disservice if you ignore that when you open your doors again. Mm.
2: Well, thanks, Amanda, for joining us on Siki Uni Commentary. Your insight in the fitness industry is fantastic. (laughs) Thanks so much.
0: You're welcome. It was lovely chatting with you.